Hello and welcome to the Fiddle Show. All right. Thought I'd change it up a little this morning for you. This is the Fizzle Show. We are independent business owners. We are independent business builders. We want to create a life that we're proud of, a life on our own terms. We want to spend time with our families. We want to spend time traveling. We want to spend time doing the things we want to do with our lives. And we create businesses to enable that kind of stuff. Bonus points if your business is freaking awesome. (laughs) If you love it. If it fires you up. If it gets your energy flowing. So that's what we talk about in Fizzle, in our membership community at fizzle.co, and on the show here, the Fizzle Show, every single week. And this week is no exception, because we're getting into a topic that a lot of people don't, they don't think about like this when they're just getting started. The truth is, every business seems to go through these sort of natural shifts these natural changes over time. As you come up with an idea, you're trying to get that idea to work in the world. But you don't know the world very well, necessarily. And the world might not necessarily respond to you in kind. So today on the show, we're going to talk about some stories of business tweaks that have led to big wins. Corbett, in our world, there's this concept of a pivot. And I think I'm sensing that what we're going to talk about today is different from a pivot in some ways. Can you just give me a little overview on what a pivot is and maybe like what these kind of tweaks, how they might be different? Uh, yeah. So in the startup world, the like Silicon Valley startup world, there's this concept of a pivot, which means basically just a business changing direction, mm. sometimes somewhat dramatically towards something that leads to much greater, much quicker success for them. Mm. You've heard these stories like, for example, uh, Slack, which is a huge success story. Mm. We know that before they built Slack, they were a game company, right? And this was just a few years ago. They were building games and somehow came up with the idea for Slack and made this huge pivot, right? Mm. And now Slack is a massive success and we never heard about that game that they built, right? So... That exists in the startup world, but we also see it in the world that we inhabit, which is more, you know, independent small businesses, yeah. one and two person kind of shops or, or you know, uh, lifestyle businesses, as they call it. But for us, I think there's, a, there's another element besides just monetary success. People make shifts in their business to become more successful monetarily, but they also shift in their business to be more satisfied. Mm. At the top of the show, you said, we build businesses to enable these things that we want to do with our lives. And a lot of times, we focus just on the business idea, the pure, will people buy this thing part of the idea? Mm. But there's a whole lot of other layers there that define whether or not you'll be both successful and satisfied with your business. Sure. And for people who are moving in a direction and feeling like they're running up against a wall... Mm-hmm. There may be some sort of a tweak that they need to make to lead to that sure. success and satisfaction yeah. at the same time. So you're talking about, yeah, now I really resonate with that personally, this idea of tweaks. I've had to make tweaks to how I work and fizzle so that I can, so it's more sustainable for me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can, I can not only survive it, but I can actually kind of enjoy it and mm-hmm. it's sort of satisfying on those levels. Yeah. Um, and then what we're going to hear today, I think, uh, we'll focus on stories that 
are well, first of all, I just love this for anyone who's listening to the show. I mean, everyone who's anyone who's trying to build a business, anyone who's doing this, right? I think of, I mean, I'm doing this. Some people probably think that I'm so, like, like I'm a successful person. You know, a lot of people in my life think I'm a successful person. It's sometimes blows my mind, <laughs> you know, because a lot of the times the experience for myself is like, are you kidding me? Like, no, that person's successful. Mm-hmm. I just happen to, you know, I, I'm just making a business work. That's the difference between that and, and this other thing. And I'm not done yet. I'm, you know, so I, I bring that up just, just in the sense of, any of us who are who are even trying though instead of instead of going like i'm not successful this other guys there's this other reframe that's just like you know what to even be trying to do any of this stuff is killer because yeah. nobody's giving you nobody's giving you bonus points for this this is only you can give yourself an an a in this course right only you can right right and then when you add to that and i want it to pay my bills and i don't know how i'm going to do it and it might not happen tomorrow but I am going to work on getting this to pay my bills. Like when we get into Chris and Julia's story today, it's, it's such an awesome story of that. Or John and Dana's, right? It's this sense of like, okay, I want to do this and we need it to pay our bills. Let's get serious about it. What do we need to do to do this? To me, that is, that's awesome. And that's where a lot of these tweaks live because I like to do all this sort of stuff, but this is what's working out there. Mm-hmm. And so let's focus more on that because I get to do a lot of the stuff that I like to do in that direction. Yeah. You know, so I, I hearing us talk about, um, I, I, about like these kinds of things that entrepreneurs want in their business, you know, this kind of satisfaction, this kind of success. We know we need monetary success, fiscal success. We need to be able to create revenue. And we want to be able to do that from activities that we enjoy. Yeah. From serving an audience that we care about, right? Steph, as you hear this stuff, what, what do entrepreneurs want from their business, this kind of idea, as it relates to our topic today, making the necessary sort of, or the necessity of making these little tweaks over time? What, what, do you, what comes to mind for you? I'm excited that we're talking about this, the whole idea of tweaking and pivoting, because from my observation of others, as well as totally my own experience, I, I think many of us kind of clench up or get really nervous about, especially when you're just starting out, starting the wrong business, quote unquote, the wrong business and having to pivot. The thought of having mm. to pivot in the future is really scary because what that implies is I, th- I think a pivot implies that you got something wrong. And when you're first starting out, at least for me, I'm the, I feel like I'm the type of person and I know many people resonate with this. I want to anticipate the future. I want to anticipate the best version of what my business could be so that I could just go ahead and do that now. Like you're like, well, that would be awesome, right? To just, can I just see into the future and see what the best version of my business could be? And I'll just do that. And many people I've noticed kind of sit on the sidelines waiting for that clarity. A lot of people are asking for clarity. That's like one of the big words that people use. If I just had more clarity, I'd get started. And I think what they're trying to see is something that's not possible. It's like you're trying to look into that crystal ball and see what the end uh, product of your business is going to be. And I think what we're talking about today is like, you know, you kind of have to get started. And then these pivots, they won't be so scary when they happen. They'll just kind of, I think what we'll, what we'll hear just based on what I know of these stories so far is that like these, these business builders kind of come to a natural fork in the road where they say, oh, hold on a second. It makes actually makes sense for me to go over here now. And so instead of trying to like predict that outcome, I I hope this Mm. is um, comforting for people to realize that you don't have to worry about that yet because if and when it's time to pivot, you're going to know and it's all going to be okay. And it's going to be better Mm. because of that. Oh, I love that. 
I love that. Okay, so let's jump in. Let's talk about uh, one of my favorite stories, John and Dana of Minimalist Baker. Okay, so Corbett, walk us through mm. walk us through so- how this story oh, yeah, happened. Yeah, walking us through this yeah, one. Walk yeah, walk us through. Right. Yeah, just sitting back here, like ready for a story from yeah. Papa Reeves. <laughs> Papa Reeves is over here, and I just pitched the ball. Yeah, you just pitched it to me. So <laughs> we did an episode with a couple of friends of ours back, uh, episode two ten. Yeah, and this is with Dana and John from Minimalist Baker. And it's funny because we've known Dana and John for quite a while. They actually have a course inside of Fizzle about um, building a great food blog. And at the time they made that, I don't know, this was probably three years ago or something that they made that course for us. They were just a couple of young kids with a, a hope and a dream and a blog that was starting to take off. And now it's interesting when we go places with, with Dana and John, we were, uh, my wife and I were down in wine country with them recently they get recognized out in public. Really? <laughs> yeah. Seriously? Yes. That's awesome. And if you happen to just mention to someone in conversation that, yeah. you know, you're friends with these people, um, a lot of these folks read their blog and use their recipes yeah, at home. Totally. Just, just, you know, random people in your lives. So they have a really popular blog now. I think they get several million visits per month to their site. Mm. So... By all accounts, it's a wildly successful business from a monetary and, and just, you know, regular success metrics. But Dana and John are also very satisfied with this business because it's, yeah. a, it's an incredible creative outlet for Dana. And at the same time, it lets them live an extraordinary lifestyle. They travel quite a bit. If you follow them on Instagram, you'll see that they're all over the place all the time. Each of them, they were in Iceland recently having a great time. And they're able to do that because... The business that they built was very intentional. The way that they built this new business was very intentional. And so they're able to get ahead on their mm. schedule and then go take three or four weeks off yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But it wasn't always like that. Mm. If you listen to the episode that we did, episode 210, uh, if you go to fizzleshow.co slash 210. And it's good, by the way. That's one of our more popular episodes. Yeah. Like People who listen to that episode are like, dude, that was awesome. Because it was Corbett and I. Steph, you weren't, were not Were you on Skype then? No, I, don't I, think I, you was, were. I think I was on vacation. I was off. Oh, you were in Ireland. Yeah. That's right. Yep. So we had John and Dana over to the studio here in Portland, and it was like four microphones and four glasses of rosé. Mm-hmm. And, and it shows. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. good. It's it was a really fun, good but, one. But the... The, the the meat of that episode for yeah, me yeah. is really this thing that we're talking about today. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. is what kind of shifts or tweaks or pivots mm-hmm. do people make along the way? And is there this worry going on as you're building a business and not feeling that success, not feeling that satisfaction that you want? Is there this worry that you're building the wrong kind of business yeah. mm-hmm. and that you need to do something about it? Yeah. And for Dana, she tells this story about how four years ago or something they were in kansas and john was studying to be a lawyer and hated that direction <laughs> and dana was basically just doing this lifestyle blog where she'd talk about one day she'd talk about some exercise routine she was doing mm-hmm. another day she'd talk about some fashion thing and another day she'd put up a recipe about mm-hmm. something that she had made and she wasn't getting anywhere with it she knew that she liked the form of blogging she liked being a bit of a journalist in a way, not a journalist, but a a writer in a way. And she loved that part of it, but wasn't making any progress. And they got to the point where their back was up against the wall and they needed to do something because they weren't making enough money. Mm. And 
you know, I think they were thinking Dana would go get a job. She already had a job. They were just going to do that sort of thing. And John was going to become a lawyer. And at some point they sat down together and John asked her like, okay, if we could do anything, like what would you want to do? And this is where the seeds for minimalist yeah. Baker were planted. They started thinking about like, what would the, the right kind of business for us look like? Mm. And she basically took that idea that of the, the blog that they had been doing, the only thing that had shown any sort of traction was the recipes. Yeah. And they knew they wanted to simplify it down to that essence and that she also wanted to continue blogging and also that she needed to get better at taking photography, mm. doing food photography to make that sort of thing successful. So they sold a bunch of Ikea furniture mm-hmm. in order to afford to buy a camera, a better quality camera so that she could take good food photos. That's right. Flugenpoken. Oh, it's a good joke. There's a good, there's a good joke in, in that, and that I created an image from. I just, I don't know why I do that kind of stuff, but you'll see that in the show notes at fizzleshow.co slash 210. When you hear the joke about uh, us just falling out of our chairs laughing about flugenpoken. <laughs> flugenpoken. <laughs> flugenpoken. <laughs> anyway, I, I, um, just thinking about this, you know, there, there was a very conscious pivot here, a tweak. And it unlocked these levels of success. It's intention, isn't it? It's like intention. It's like she shifted her intention. She went from like, it would be awesome if the thing I made online was really popular. The thing I'm making online is like, here's the kinds of shirts I'm wearing for fall. Uh, We went to this new restaurant in Kansas City today or wherever it was that they were living. We like, we did this, that, and the other. You know, it's like, it's just this, right? To this shift in intention, she realized that it's their 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 food she did a few like how to make your own almond milk and things like that and those got a little traction those started to get a little search juice Mm -hmm. going on people were finding those who didn't know her and she's like oh so that's happening in the background they're having this conversation about like what do we want to do with our lives i'm going to not be a lawyer like i'm going to not be a lawyer Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean is what john's like his whole i'm going to not be a lawyer Right. And I, I think I really need to not do that. <laughs> what do we want to do? And I, it was really sweet how he talked about just like, well, what, what he was asking her, like, what would you do if you could just do like anything, what you wanted? Like, what would you do? And, and it was in that direction of, of the blogger thing. So you're bang on. They just so, they sold stuff. They got the camera and they went, they doubled down on the parts of their thing that they were doing that were working. Mm-hmm. They made a tweak. It wasn't just like Dana's diary anymore. Right. It became minimalist baker. Yeah. And that shift is dramatic. Yeah. And they became a partnership in this. Yeah. You know, totally. That's they a started big deal. Working together. And I think that's a big shift in the kind of business that they were building as well. Before it was just kind of like something that Dana did in her, her spare time. And it became the focus for both of them. Yeah. And that's a key ingredient in this <laughs> recipe as well. In my little, I have a little like, like bullet point list of some of the points of their story. And it's like, you know, they ask themselves, what are the things we're going to, that are going to make us happy? I really like this blogging thing, but it's not making us any money. So they sold some stuff to buy a camera and invested in getting, you know, good and food stuff because they had some evidence of that working on their site. And then the next next bullet point is $1 billion. <laughs> it's just such a successful business. Yeah, it's it's such a successful business. And when it started, it was not a successful business. It was a hope. It was a prayer. It was a dream. It was intention. And it had yeah. some focus. It had some constants or discipline to it. And it wasn't their first iteration. 
You know, it was a little tweak on something that they were doing before, which makes me think of like your story, Corbett. Like, so wait, let's get into your story just after this. Tell, tell, tell the good readers about our, uh, of our sponsor for day, Gusto. Yeah, so we've got a sponsor that we know and love because we use this company. It's called Gusto. Gusto provides refreshingly easy payroll benefits and HR for the modern small business. No, you got to say it more like this. It's refre- Listen, here's the deal. It's refreshingly easy payroll stuff for small business. You got to sound a little bit oh, like, just like, I don't, like you're talking I don't give a shit. Like you're talking to Earl at the bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like, hey, listen, All right, look, you got, everybody's got to pay, everybody's got big payroll. Yeah. And yeah. and the thing is, it's refreshingly it's re- easy. It's refreshingly easy to it's do It's refreshingly this. easy. Yeah. Payroll and benefits are hard. It's yeah. not an easy thing to do. And there is a lot of really atrocious software out there. <laughs> this is one of the things I love this sponsor because this is one of the things that have you ever used this piece no, of software? Corbett, only you have used payroll software for our no, business. But I'm, saying, so. I'm not saying payroll software. I'm saying, have you ever used a piece of software that mm. pisses you off yeah. <laughs> so badly? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Truly. Gusto came along and saved the day because all payroll software freaking sucks yeah, yeah and gusto is amazing uh payroll software in the old days was like using a government website basically. <laughs> <laughs> just makes you want to tear your eyeballs out. yeah yeah so gusto focuses on payroll benefits and hr for mm. small businesses we talked about this a couple of weeks ago one of the cool things is we know a lot of people who run small businesses and decide to pay themselves. Mm, mm-hmm. That's a good way to get started with payroll software. If you want to pay yourself a consistent amount mm-hmm. every you know month or every week or whatever yeah. and have the right taxes come out and have Gusto file all of the right forms for yeah. you, that's a great use of this. Another good use of Gusto is to pay contractors so that it keeps track of all of that stuff, yeah. collects all the right forms from them, and then sends them the necessary forms at the end of the year. Because a lot of us have to pay contractors like a designer or a web developer or a copywriter or something like that. And so through Gusto, it makes paying those folks easy. Exactly. Yes, it Got does. It. So you don't have to just believe me. Uh, nine out of 10 users say Gusto is easier to use than all other payroll solutions. And they were named the best payroll for small businesses by PC Mag and Fit Small Business recently. And to help support our show, mm. Gusto is offering listeners an exclusive limited time deal. You can't get this other places. All you have to do is sign up and you'll get three months free. That's a big, that's a big deal. That's yeah, free three months. months. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah, so all they to, know they got you. Yeah, if, if you switch over to oh, them yeah. for pay, if you need any payroll stuff, or if you get yourself, if you're paying yourself through something like this, or paying contractors through it, you're not going to switch later on. And the amazing thing is, it is not very expensive. You'll be surprised how cheap it is to mm. run payroll like this, considering all the things that they do for you, yeah. covering all the legal and financial bases that you need. Yeah. So you'll get three months free with Gusto. All you have to do is run your first payroll. Go to gusto.com slash fizzle. Mm-hmm. That's G-U-S-T-O dot com slash fizzle. Mm-hmm. I love that. Our thanks to Gusto for supporting independent business, making cool stuff for business people so that we don't need to hire crappy people and crappy software Ugh. to do stuff with so our I don't life. have to gouge my eyes out. <laughs> Speaking of gouging your eyes out, Corbett Barr was a successful g- guy uh, working in, in, uh, what do they call that? Consulting stuff. <laughs> mm. 
high high power consulting stuff, switches gears and goes into startup world. Yeah. The so startup world raises money, does the whole million dollars of, of uh, seed funding and has a business partner and all this other stuff. Things go awry there. Over the course of how many years was your startup? Three years. Three years. Three million dollars raised or? Yeah. Three million dollars, three years. And the over the course of those three years relationship with the business partner turns really sour relationship with uh just the thing ends up being corbett decides to walk away well out of necessity out of necessity yeah the thing was basically going down in flames takes his wife to and and the dog in a subaru let's drive through mexico and do a little sabbatical Still have that subaru today it just keeps on ticking (laughs) it just keeps on ticking that's why they. That's why there's such good cars here in the Northwest. I guess I don't know. I was going to try to make a. This is why people like us drive these sorts of things. I didn't. I I lost it, and right. I, I figured like you know what? Someone's going to get offended. You're going to offend somebody. I was going to offend somebody. Maybe so lesbians. I, I backed up. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying it uh, like that. So the point is, like by the way, someone was like, I heard some homophobic and transphobic language on the show, dude. No. What? No. If, yeah. And if that was the case, I apologize if I've ever sounded uh, undelicate about yes. those things. Because in our world, in, in my daily life, <laughs> my wife is a social justice warrior. <laughs> totally. And we have all the friends to back up. Like the, 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 the chase has learned a lot in the last four years. Sure. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So anyways, the Subaru is a good car is what I'm getting at. <laughs> so... You go through this thing, you find you, you you've got a story that goes deeper there, but I want to talk about you had a blog at one point that was it was corbettbar.com, right? It, it was actually the original blog oh, was called Free Pursuits. Free Pursuits. Yeah. Okay. So Free Pursuits. Yeah. Why did you go with Free Pursuits instead of Corbett Bar at the time? Okay, well I I hadn't considered going with Corbett Bar. It at just the time. wasn't it wasn't cuz you were like no. I need to have an angle of some kind. Yeah. So you had this angle. Right. So I started a blog uh, in uh, March of 2009 when we were on this big, long road trip sabbatical in Mexico. And I did that basically like most people do when they're on a big life-changing trip, right? You start a blog to tell stories. And then at the same time, I was noticing that this was after the financial world collapsed. And I was really questioning the whole startup world thing Mm. and trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And I just wanted to kind of ask myself questions out loud about work and life and the balance between the two. Yeah. And then at the same time, there was like this whole lifestyle design, Tim Ferriss stuff happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just started following that thread and to see where it went. Yeah. And then at some point you realized this isn't going to be the angle. You had to make a tweak. You made kind of more like a pivot. Um, Was it a similar thing? Because what did you pivot to? So I pivoted to think traffic, which is radically different, right? Yeah. So here, one blog, I'm talking about travel stories and lifestyle design and, yeah. and location independence. And then I started a new blog, which focused on really asking the question, why do some websites become massively popular while the vast majority go completely unnoticed? Yeah. And it was all about building an audience online. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I started that about a year after the first blog. Okay. And I did so, I guess, you know, in, in keeping with the theme of this show, like thinking about tweaks and wondering if you're building the wrong kind of business. Yeah. I did that because I started having those questions. I got mm. down this road with this lifestyle blog and 
there was attention there. Mm-hmm. People were reading the post and um, I had by all measures of like traffic success, but I didn't know how I was going to turn that into revenue. Yeah. And as I started sort of trying some different angles, yeah. products and things and services, I wasn't liking where it was going. Yeah, you were seeing, okay, so you were seeing there were some numbers, there was some traffic, there was some interest, Yeah, but you weren't, you, the, the little attempts that you made, the few attempts that you made to try to t- convert that into revenue was like, this actually isn't working very well for revenue. Yeah, it wasn't specific. There wasn't like yeah. a, there was a, a big pain point, but it wasn't clear how I was going to solve yeah, that for people. Totally, totally. It remind, yeah, so, okay, so then you switched to Think Traffic, and the rest is kind of history. It was like, that was your switching to Minimalist Baker sort of moment, going like from, you know, Corbett's diary yeah. to... Yeah, for me, it was, again, I really liked blogging. I liked building an audience-first yeah. kind of business, but I wanted to do something that was much more tactical. It was reminding me, of, you always used to quote that Jim Rohn quote. Can you, you gotta- do it right now? <laughs> do it. <laughs> Oh, no. You gotta be more valuable. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Because it's like looking at that. It's like there's there's a there's a way that you're like, oh, this would this is valuable to people. This is like a mechanic for a car. You just have to have a mechanic. Like you yeah. need to know how to actually grow your traffic. It was clear there were people out there who wanted more visitors for their website, uh-huh. and that I might be able to help them find that Corbett Corbett do you have some examples can you remember something that you may have tried in between when you were kind of doing the more general lifestyle blogging to think traffic did you try a product or service that just like didn't really hit the mark yeah well I tried some things and and they worked okay but um so initially I just did some like web design stuff and that was fine yeah you know but uh specifically for for free pursuits and for that lifestyle angle i offered coaching mm. around helping people figure out how they're going to live their ideal lifestyle yeah and as i got into that coaching it felt a lot more like therapy sessions than yeah. i <laughs> yeah. wanted it sure. to yeah sure. you you did not really like coaching right N- i i don't mind coaching if it's very like specific nuts and bolts yeah. Yeah. and specific i don't like coaching when it's like People are dissatisfied with their lives and sure. are looking for answers. Yeah. That's just not me. Totally. Totally. So, and, and that, and that felt like a lot of the people that were reading that blog were in that boat. They didn't necessarily know that they needed to make changes to how they were earning a living. Mm. Uh, they just wanted to like live some fantasy life and mm. were unhappy with it. So I wanted to go. I wanted to go nuts and bolts, more specific, more tactical, because it was just clear how I would build products to mm. satisfy that. See, yeah, I think it's. Yeah. I think it's cool hearing about the different experimenting that you did, because I feel like sometimes when we have these stories of people who are quote unquote successful, I see this over on the Courage and Clarity podcast too. I've gotten some feedback from people who have. It's it's really honest feedback that I appreciate. That's sort of like I really like these success stories, but sometimes it feels like people went from you know, look at John and Dana, like, oh, I was doing this blog and then boom, all of a sudden I was minimalist baker or I was doing this blog and then all of a sudden it all clicked. But I think what I'm hearing is that there's maybe this less talked about, fumbling might not be the right word, but kind of like trial and error. There's a Mm -hmm. little bit more behind the scenes than, than we hear about very often, I think. Yeah, yeah. To that end, you guys, let me read you this story from Chris and Julia. 
Yeah. Okay, because it just plays right into exactly what you're saying. Okay, Steph. So Chris and Julia run a website called A Bar Above. What's cool about this bar is I'm Corbin and I and, and Steph as well. We we like you know fancy boozes. Mm-hmm. We like fancy sure. boozes. I'd have to agree. And and Chris is this professional bartender. Um. So and since then they've created this whole thing called a bar above. Now they started as a blog. They 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 just started selling. You know, in the last couple of years, making their own bar tools, which was a very big shift away from. Uh, the, you know, what, what we, most of us do with info products and things mm-hmm. like that. So I had to reach out and go like, Hey, so what were the, th- what led to this? How did this happen? And so I asked her this question. I said, we're sharing our stories of, of how we pivoted or changed business ideas early on or throughout our businesses. You guys obviously came to mind a blog promoting a course later on a tweak towards making marketing and selling towards making marketing and selling your own bar tools. In your own words, what led to even trying to make that shift and why did you stick with it? And here's Julia's response. I'm just going to read this out. It's going to take me a little while, but it's really good. I'll try to do it animatedly. Great question. Our answer isn't very fancy, really. We just kept trying stuff that didn't work until we tried something that did work. (laughs) Chris and I have been using the word hypothesis instead of idea. Like, hey, I have a hypothesis. What if we made X for Y person in Z way? Of course, that sounds wonderful and great, but it's a whole lot harder when your bank balance is dwindling. Now, I'll pause for a second. It's a whole lot harder when your bank balance is dwindling. Oh, yeah. That's what's amazing about this. That's the difficulty factor that you add to the dive exactly. in the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Do you re- <laughs> That's so true. Hold on. Say what you mean on that. <laughs> well, so... You know, all this stuff is great in theory, right? Every yeah. All the advice we give. Yeah. But as your bank balance goes down, it all gets way harder because it's really hard to think and focus yeah. Yeah. and do the things that you hear on paper should be nice. Exactly. You're like, I got to pay my rent and I got a kid to feed, you know? It's like, hey, I can do three front flips off this big diving board. Well, that's actually difficulty level. That's actually not that hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because like a lot of people can't do it. Yeah. When you're playing at a certain level. Yeah. It's the difficulty factor has to be calculated into the result. Had a couple of twists in there. (laughs) Had a couple damn twists. So um, here's what she says. Here's a timeline. Here's a high level timeline. 2005, Chris is a struggling bartender who can't find good info online. He registers a bar above.com. Good move, honey. (laughs) 2011, we're married. Also good move, honey. <laughs> 2012, it's time to really dig into this business. The plan is to create a DVD a DVD set teaching advanced cocktail techniques to bartenders. We would sell it on a landing, sta- landing style webpage. Meanwhile, I start listening to online business podcasts. Okay, so the first idea is, what if we did a training DVD, a video DVD series, and we sell it, you buy the thing, you land on a website, you buy the thing. It's a product, Okay. Early 2013, we pivot to a more content blog strategy, all right? It took a lot of persuasion, but I finally got Chris on board to, quote, give info away for free, end quote, after he started listening to the same podcasts. We still wanted to create our course. We just wanted to sell it through a blog, you know? So 2013, the first post on the blog is live. My goodness, this is hard. She actually says, oi, this is hard, but it's rewarding. Except for the YouTube comments. People are mean. (laughs) Late 2013. So this is from 2005, Chris had that idea. 
Now we're in 2013. 2005. Eight years later. 2005, we, we bought a barabove.com because I'm a professional cocktail person and I can't find information online. Okay, eight years later, 2013, um, we've just put up our blog, we've just put up our first post, then we go to a meetup in San Francisco where they meet us, Corbett and Chase of Fizzle.co. We feel like we're the only ones there without a product. That's interesting. When you're in the room with people, what's that that quote from Jim Rohn, the other one, the five... People you, yeah, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. It, it, when you when you start spending more time with people who are doing the thing that you want to be doing, uh, not celebrities, just people who are doing yeah. the thing you want to be doing. You it, change, start, it changes what you believe yeah. is possible. It changes the game. So she says, we decided to pre-launch the course and make it happen. So 12-31-2013. Everything else is like fall or mid-2013, late-2013. This one is a date. December 31st. 2013 we pre-launch our course at 9 p.m our list and and uh at 9 p.m to our list and we do it publicly at midnight we make our first sale at 10 p.m i'm crying from happiness at our new year's eve party it's awkward (laughs) 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 love that early 2014 Okay, a few months after they just pre-launched their course, we get the course launched and we nearly kill, our, kill ourselves in the process. It was way too big for the time allotted, but we did get it done. Sales are okay, but not great. July 2014, midway through 2014, we both quit our jobs. There's lots of reasons here, but we want to dig in and go full-time. We have a full year of savings and lots of ideas. I love this. I mean, how baller is that? So brave, uh, they're, yeah. but they're evaluating the risk. They're not just running in willy-nilly. And like, it is scary to put, uh, you're actually making a real bet. Yeah. A whole year of savings. A whole year of savings. It probably took you a decade or more to to, save. To build that up. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Fall 2014, we launch a new thing called the cocktail menu service to provide seasonal menu updates to subscribed bars or restaurants. Lots of effort. Zero sales. <laughs> January 2015. Chris gets a job as a bar consultant. Okay, so the money is no longer an issue. 2015. So Chris goes back to work, mm-hmm. but in a different six months capacity. into six months into the big bet. Yeah, and he decided to go back to work. I love this. We should have more businesses write us these kind of taglines yeah. and just comment on them because this is great. All right, 2015. Julia figures out how to run a bar above while Chris works full time. So this was a long, ongoing thing. She tries to sell advertising on the bar on the blog, but it's slow going. We eventually find a media agent agent that sells advertising for us for a commission that works better, but it's still not a ton of money. So early 2016, I launch the uh, Craft Bartender Summit, one of these online summits, looking for sponsors. They sell to some sponsors. They get some sponsors to pay for the thing, not as much as they wanted. Uh, They end up making $6,000 after the Facebook ads that they spent to get people in, but they grew their list by 8,000 people. And so she's like, uh, $6,000 profit isn't enough for three months of work. However, they they added eight thousand new people to their to their email list mm-hmm. that they can be sweetening the deal with. They they can be offering courses to products to and things like that. It's a big deal for them. So mid two thousand sixteen, they're tired of linking to sub bar products. You know, subpar bar products. Uh, put that put that together, Corbett Bar. <laughs> put the sub bar subpar bar <laughs> subpar bar <laughs> products for Corbett Bar. Oh, just subpar bar <laughs> bar products. Bars, not subbar bar products. <laughs> so on our website, we're sick of, of linking out to all this crap on Amazon. 
things that were like, hey, get these Boston Shakers. I guess they're the best around, but they suck, right? Uh, there's a lot on Amazon, but it all sucks. So we work with a fellow fizzler, Rich Kibble, to start selling our ideal cocktail shaker on Amazon. We order 1,000 of Holy them. Holy sh- Yeah, totally. Hold on, let me just put a marker there, because that, but that deserves it. That idea, we order 1,000 of them. Right, mid to late 2016. I'm 36 weeks pregnant. Oh my god! And Chris's job ends. Pressure is just building here. So much anxiety. (laughs) How many? How many weeks are in a full term pregnancy, Steph? Uh, 41. If you're me, 40 for a lot of people. Okay, 36 (laughs) weeks in. She's she's ripe with child. That's a big old belly, and there's a lot. You know, we're in the full swings of third trimester labor or you know pregnancy stuff. She could go anytime, basically. Chris's job ends. This Amazon thing better work or we're both getting jobs, right? The shakers come in and they sell out in six weeks. Finally, we have a win. My God, finally. (laughs) Remember, it's Julia who's writing this. The sentence before that, she said the Amazon thing better work or we're both getting jobs. (laughs) Totally, totally. All right, so mid-2000, so we we have a win here with just making a Boston shaker out and, you know, having it sourced somewhere, selling it ourselves online. We buy a thousand of them, ship them to Amazon, put them on Amazon. Amazon ships all the, do all, does all the stuff for us. Also, Mid to th- wait, wait, just one second. How cool is it that they, par- that they partnered with a, f- a fizzler? Rich yeah. people. I just think that's, that's so cool. Fantastic. I just love it's, that. No, no, it's truly amazing. There's so many of those little stories. Cause I they know. wouldn't have, there's so many of those little stories. They wouldn't, probably have known it was such a viable option for them to be creating something overseas if it wasn't for rich posting things about what he was building in the fizzle forums yep again when you start spending time with people who are working their butts off to do their thing yep you it will change the way you look at yours Big deal stuff. Mid-2016 to 2017, we also work with a few brands to do these one-off sponsored seminars. It's like a brand like a, like a, like a gin manufacturer or something has them come in to do some sort of a, of a one-off sponsored seminar. The brands love it, uh, but the process is kind of a struggle, right? Not sure if we're going to continue these. Late 2017, mini management course will be launched. That's later this year. They've created another course, a smaller course, uh, to see if a smaller course oriented towards a very specific win at the end will deliver for them. They're feeling pretty good about that. And then 2018 and beyond, we're still not sure what our sponsorship offerings are going to look like, but we will definitely keep promoting our own bar products on the blog. Uh, the hypothesis is to use a bar above to build Chris's reputation as an influencer in this, you know, specialty cocktail industry and see what opportunities arise because that's what he's been doing. He's mm-hmm. actually a person that is known there now. So he continues with just a couple more sentences here. So much for a brief timeline, but I hope this celebrates, illustrates the, the point. Here's the point. We tried a lot of stuff and failed before we found something that worked. I'd really like just, just to, to say we kept trying stuff until we found something that just worked well. I know it's not as glamorous uh, as this idea of like going through the pivot and like having all these thought out strategic plans and stuff like that, but we just tried stuff. We came up with ideas. We tried them. Yeah. Right. As far as advice goes, another question I asked her is what advice would you give to that younger Julia? And she said, obviously I'd love to go back and tell myself not to do all the stuff that didn't work. But on the other hand, I think that they were actually important experiences that taught us about our audience. I guess I would tell our past selves, to just stick with it, right? We have always cared deeply about our audience and tried to find ways to serve them. Eventually, we found something that serves them and supports us. 
I love that. I'll read that again. We've always cared about deeply about our audience and tried to find ways to serve them. Eventually, we found something that worked. You know, served them and supported us. Yep. She says, finally, it totally sucked in the middle part. <laughs> when money is dwindling and you feel like a huge failure, it's easy to wonder if your idea is just different from all those other business ideas that the gurus are talking about. But we knew we were doing something important because we got emails from time to time from people who said that we had helped them. I think maybe it was a matter of just trying lots of stuff until we found something that would support us and serve them. But mm. again, so easy to say in retrospect. Okay, that sentence really resonates with me. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I'm going to read it again. Huh. I think maybe yeah. it was a matter of just trying lots of stuff until we found something that would support us and serve them. I just think yeah. that that's so well said. That's ex- I feel like that's exactly what we're talking about in this episode. Like that is the magic yeah. cocktail. No pun, in- I guess pun intended. But supporting <laughs> supporting us, you know, for her, it was her and Chris. Some uh, the lifestyle piece that you guys have talked about, the sort of like what you want your life to look like, and it's something that has served the customer. So that is really like yeah. the magic, the magic union. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, and to me the the key here is that they are trying stuff. Yeah. When we we started this, Steph, you said something about people wanting clarity before they even get started because they're worried they're going to pick the wrong business idea and then have to pivot later. I think worse than having to pivot later is not trying to at all. We see people all the time who build themselves into a business that eh, maybe they squeak by, but decades can go by and they're really just stuck in a mildly successful and mostly unsatisfied position but never go through the effort to try new things and to come up with new hypotheses mm-hmm. and to test them out and see if there is a tweak or a pivot for them that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. So um, I love this because it really seems to be sort of the the message of this of this this topic. It's this exact thing. It's like okay, well, you want to do things that that you know serve your audience, but you also need to be supported by it Mm -hmm. right i love that i love steph i I really resonate with that imagine if if i could get we could get more people to shift their mindset from what do you want to do to who do you want to serve Mm -hmm. right who do you want to serve what are the places that you want to make an impact on people's lives and how can we find a way to support you doing that yep right i love that i really love that that's better than a donate here because you are supporting yourself doing this that means this work can be sustainable right so um I don't know. I think that's that's I think that's the episode you guys. I think that's the big takeaway here. Chris and Julia, John and Dana, Corbett Barr and others have gone through these tweaks, these moments, these pivots. Sometimes they're bigger, sometimes they're smaller. Sometimes it's like we should do a course and sometimes it's like we should change the direction that we're heading in. Mm-hmm. Um but they there are these tweaks, there are these changes that need to be happening. To this day, uh, I think John and Dana would say they're still doing little tweaks like this. They're doing a new kind sure. of course that they haven't oh, done yeah. before, or they're updating a course that has been successful, but wasn't that needs to be updated for, for modern times. Right. Um, this, this is what doing a business really seems to be for me. I don't know if you guys know this out there, but being a business is not a thing that you arrive at. Like you it, it is like you can have a ceremony, but once the ceremony's over, you got to figure out what you're going to do tomorrow because this thing's going to fall. This thing's not going to still be around in 10 years if you don't keep it going. Right. You have to keep the plates spinning, so to speak. And the whole goal seems to be 
what are the plates we want to spin? What are the ones that head in the direction that serve our audience in the ways we want to yeah. serve them and that support us? And what are the best kinds of plates for me to spin given my skills and interests and things that I want to do? Yeah, absolutely. Corbett Barr, Steph Crowder, you guys feel good about this one? So yeah. good. I think it's a really good one. All right, y'all. That's our episode today. That is uh, fizzleshow.co slash two. 30 you can uh, go to fizzleshow.co slash 230 to find the show notes for this episode i'll put julia's whole letter there as well as some uh some write-ups about the other stories we told here uh and maybe even a little bit of the insight that corbett bar papa bear corbett bar left us here's an itunes rating from alex in romania who says thanks for the great advice and for the years of work and dedication. It's such a simple review, but it means a lot to hear it. Thank you so much, Alex. Dear listener, you know our goal is to help you earn a living doing something that you actually care about. To help you get paid or pay your bills or do the things that we got to do to earn revenue in a way that you actually enjoy, that you care about, that you that you are committed to, that motivates you. That's what we do every week. That's what we did for you in this episode, for all those who have ears to hear, I guess. And I hope that this was uh, useful and beneficial for you. If it was, leave us an iTunes rating. It means the world to us. You can also tell some of your friends. That's even better. It's even like, if you've got a friend that's interested in making this stuff, if they're like, if they've got a daily planner, like Steph, they just got a daily planner and they're like, I want to take my life serious. And that includes starting up a blog or a podcast, creating some sort of a project that earns them some revenue on the side that they could potentially make their full-time income from one day, maybe. But in the meantime, it's just fun to think about. Share, share what we do with them. That would mean the world to us. And that's it for us today. May you have a roof for the rain and walls for the wind. And may you find something solid to put your foot on as you take the next step. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, y'all. And we'll talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show.